With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Welcome to MLB Injury Insight, a podcast from Fantrax and Fantrax HQ featuring Doctor of Physical Therapy Nick Savelli, providing you all you need to know about injuries, player timelines, and more so you can make informed decisions in your fantasy league. Now, here's your host, Dr. Nick Savali. Hello and welcome to the very first edition of a new podcast from Fantrax HQ called MLB Injury Insight. You're here with Dr. of Physical Therapy Nick Savali, here to tell you about what you can expect from injuries around the league and how you can use that information to shape the way that you play your fantasy baseball. Today we'll be talking about three of the top draft picks in just about every kind of draft imaginable, and that's going to be Fernando Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr., and Mike Trout. So to start out, Fernando Tatis, we got some new information on him, and he has fractured his wrist over the offseason, and he's expecting to see a surgery that will keep him out of the lineup for about three months. Uh, give or take a few weeks at the end there. We thought he'd come into the year being a slight injury risk with the labral tear from last season, dealing with that labrum and and kind of fighting through last year and making it through the end of the year with outstanding numbers. And a lot of people were willing to take that risk, taking him number one overall. Now we have some new information that suggests he won't be in the lineup till at least June. So As far as your drafting strategy goes, there's going to be a slew of information coming out about auction calculators and which round you might want to take him in. Whatever your decision may be as far as how risky you want to be with your team build, don't expect him back before June. You know, there's still a chance that he elects not to perform surgery and maybe they try to fight through it a little bit. I think the outcome of this would be one that leaves you with as many questions as answers and there's a possibility of re-injury and then maybe he ends up getting the surgery and he stays out until past June. So uh, it's a very tough spot to be in. I'm very curious to see how far he falls in drafts and what he goes in salary cap leagues. It's going to be very interesting. I don't think anyone has a concrete answer yet. It's going to take a lot of plugging into algorithms and and things like that. Uh, But I did want to comment on the labrum injury. That's what I came into this pod kind of planning for. And 
I want to clear up more about what the labrum actually does. So in the shoulder, you have a ball and socket joint. The socket of your shoulder, which is called the glenoid fossa, is only about 3.5 by 2.5 centimeters, and the humeral head, which is the ball, is about 4.3 centimeters in diameter. So you have a ball and socket joint where the ball is bigger than the socket, and it doesn't seem to really make sense based on what you would picture in your head as a ball and socket joint. Like the hip, for example, the socket is much bigger in relationship to the ball, so it's a much more stable joint. Now the labrum extends the socket, or the glenoid fossa, to make the joint a lot more stable. It deepens the socket and allows the ball more stability along with your rotator cuff and other muscles and ligaments that help keep it in place. So a labrum can be torn when a strong force, and oftentimes a repeated strong force, is put through the biceps tendon, which actually does attach to the superior part of the labrum. So if the biceps keeps pulling and pulling on the labrum over and over, you start to see a tear. And that can require surgery, you can sometimes play through it as we know with Tatis. Um, but the question is, is he ever going to get so bad with this injury that he does need the surgery and it's yet to be seen? We'll, we'll have to keep monitoring the situation. A surgery would likely keep him out for, you know, at a 8 to 12 months, depending on what time of year he, he got the surgery done and how the recovery goes. Uh, it's, it's unlikely that he would have the surgery at the beginning of a season and come back to finish the season. That's probably the best way we can put it. So I did want to go through his stats a little bit too. I mean, his 162 game pace, he averages 125 runs, 48 home runs, 116 RBIs, 31 stolen bases, 292 average, 965 OPS. I think whenever he's on the field you can expect something along those lines. I don't think either of the two injuries that he's dealing with right now with the latent labral tear and now the wrist fracture, I don't think either one of those is going to affect him long-term, whether he gets a surgery done or not. Whenever you see him on the field, he has shown that he can provide these numbers. Even when dealing with that background pain of the labrum or the instability that requires him to take a two-handed swing. So it's not so much a matter of, is he going to be a shadow of the player he once was? It's just how many at-bats is he going to get? How much will be he be on the field? So my final note on him is, I think if there's any inkling of a decline in his game, it may be stolen bases just because they hold him back a little. But keep in mind that he has shown us that when he's on the field, he is extremely valuable. So you're basically playing the game of, do I think he's going to get at bats or do I not? Uh, for that reason, I think he's still a great target in Dynasty Leagues for people who are willing to take a discount on him. I'd absolutely jump on that. And uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated as long as he is making the news with more injuries. And uh, we hope everything goes well with that injury situation. So we're going to move on to Mike Trout. Uh, he missed much of last year with a pretty severe right calf strain. He went out in May and ended up staying out for the entire year, and a lot of people were expecting him back 
he didn't make it back. And uh, a lot of times this happens when there's scar tissue buildup from a pretty severe strain and you just can't quite get rid of the pain and the stiffness that comes with it. By the time they were making that decision, when he was closer to 100%, they were pretty much mathematically out of the playoffs and management decided and Trout decided it wasn't really a great idea to come back, which I would have agreed with too. I probably would have done the same thing. Um, but I wanted to go a little bit more into a calf strain and muscle strains in general. Um, a strain is a tear of your muscle. It can be minimal where it's just fibers or it can be a more major strain where it's actually a large chunk of the muscle, a, a big fraction of the muscle. And it's not often we see complete tears. That's when the muscle is completely severed or torn from the bone. Um, Mike Trout did not have a complete tear, but a pretty significant tear in, in which a large percentage of that calf muscle was probably ripped apart. And it's, it's meant to sound more gruesome that way because it kind of is. You have to imagine the muscle being ripped from itself, and it takes a while for that to heal. As it's healing, scar tissue can build up in the muscle and in the surrounding areas, which hinders the ability of the muscle to reform its, its previous state, uh, for lack of a better description there. It, it just hinders the progress, basically. And so I think that's, that's probably what was going on last year. He wasn't seeing the recovery time he was expecting. And when they throw him out there and have him do base running drills and he's not feeling absolutely 100%, you're not going to try to ask Mike Trout to play through the pain. That's, there's a few guys on the field that you want to make sure that when he comes back, he's 100% because we're paying him upwards of $35 million. We need everything we can get out of him. So similar to Tatis, he's got an excellent 162-game pace. All right, and this is over the last three seasons, 126 runs, 51 home runs, 122 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, 295 average, OPS over 1,000. I still draft Mike Trout top five in pretty much any format you can imagine. Even if you get a couple injuries with Trout this year and he misses half his season, let's pair 275 Mike Trout at-bats with 274 Austin Slater at-bats from 2021. Slater being someone who you could designate as a replacement level player you could find on waivers. That gives you 102 runs, 37 home runs, 93 RBI, 13 stolen bases, and an average around 270, which would be an amazing value for a particularly low-level outcome from Trout. I mean, that's not worst-case scenario, but it's looking at it like if a bunch of stuff goes wrong, I'm still left with pretty good numbers with the replacement value level player. So I just think Trout is too good, and he's had injuries that have been unrelated to each other to write him off as somebody who's necessarily injury prone. I know a lot of people are excited to move on to the next best player in baseball in Tatis or Acuna or Soto, but what he's done at the plate the last few years has not been paralleled by anybody. And when you have a wrist injury or a nerve in your foot and a calf strain like Trout has, it's not like one injury is leading into the next. I think it's entirely possible that he gets 140 games plus this year. And yeah, they rest him once or twice a week on occasion, make sure he's 
not wearing himself thin, but 530 at bass from trout is enough to validate a first round pick on him. So I know a lot of people are souring on him. I'm taking advantage of it. I think you should too. If he's going to have an injury this year, it's unrelated to the ones in the past. That's the way I see it. So finally, we're going to take a look at Ronald Acuna Jr. This one is a little bit less intricate as far as how are we going to analyze progress along the way because there's a pretty stable timetable for ACL tears and return to play. There's not as much nuance to the recovery because we see these injuries more often and there's more regulated protocols from surgeons. So the earliest projections and now the most recent projections have him coming back around May and they didn't specify beginning or middle or end of May but if we can expect him back mid-May, I think that's completely reasonable. Um, there's going to be probably a little bit of a yellow light on the base paths. I don't think they're going to give him the total green light and just say steal as much as you stole in the past, mostly because they're just going to try to limit the amount of damage that they could possibly inflict on that knee. And I should preface that by saying they're not going to let him on the field without him feeling and, and proving that he is 100% or as close to the strength of the left leg as they could possibly get. But at this point, it's kind of a why risk it type situation. Um, the Braves clearly have built up enough credit with their fans, and uh, it's not like they need to go and struggle to fill the seats. They just came out of winning the World Series. They have a ton of fan equity right now. Um, they have more of an ability to be conservative with their players than ever. And maybe I should wait and say that to see what happens if they sign Freddie Freeman. But if they go get Freddie Freeman back, Braves fans are happy. They have not been this happy in 30 years. They don't need to be out there pushing their star player just to get some butts in the seats you know so that's the way I look at it is he's probably going to be somewhere between 50 and 75 percent of his stolen base production in previous seasons maybe reaching 75 around the midway of the season and then backing down to 50 percent back when he gets tired in October and they get closer to playoffs I could see him getting around 20 steals though it's still an awesome value along with all the other numbers he gives you and the ton of runs that he'll provide um, so I, I'm pretty confident saying he'll be back around May but I want to just take a minute to talk about the type of rehab he'll be doing and the types of things they're looking for before he gets back onto the field so with an ACL tear you're losing a very important structure that helps provide stability to the knee joint when you don't have this stability coming from a ligament like the ACL you need a ton of help from the surrounding musculature to make sure that that knee is healing properly. So they are going to be very focused on strengthening his ankle and his hip that surround the right knee, keeping him nice and strong in the core, and basically attacking every other joint outside the knee and making sure it is as close to 100% as possible. And this is tough because he had to spend a few a few months you know working with a brace and not walking normally so a lot of balance work a lot of him stepping onto a balance ball and the therapist will tap him at the shoulders throw him a ball try to knock him off his balance and he really has to rely on the ankle stability the muscles in his his quad that are rebuilding 
to keep them upright. As that's happening, the body is healing the ACL. It will return to the same strength it was prior to surgery. And Acuna might even come out of this seeing a little bit more coordination and balance than he used to have. And a lot of guys and a lot of girls come back from these surgeries and they even feel stronger in the leg that they had worked on because they might not ever have approached their training in the way they did during physical therapy and rehab. So much like I've mentioned with Tatis, I expect 100% of Ronald Acuna, other than maybe stolen bases, by the time he gets back on the field. And then going into next year, I think he's right back where he was with steals. So 2023 is a year where we could project him out to be another 40-40 candidate. I don't think that's the case this year. But again, in a long-term league or a keeper league dynasty, he loses absolutely no value for me going into 2023 and beyond. So very confident in Acuna. I think playing the outfield, he's mostly running straight routes. He shouldn't be doing much stop and go out there, which is pretty safe for the knee. Uh, I'm most concerned with his time on the base paths where he could get in a pickle or decide halfway through he's got to pause for a line drive and, and change direction. That's the most risky part of the game, especially if they got a muddy, rainy day and he could slip on the, the dirt a little bit. Um, but hopefully that's not the case too much. And I'm sure the Braves home staff will really do everything they can to postpone uh, rainy games and, and really get the tarps out on the field earlier than other teams just for the sake of Ronald Acuna's knee. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. So there you have it. We've got three top round and maybe Tatis isn't much of a top round guy anymore. Uh, caliber players that we, we've gone over their types of injuries, the rehab that's involved with it. We're going to keep you updated as the season comes along, and uh, every time something comes up with a major player, we're going to try to cover it, get it on the podcast here, or at least a quick video out on Twitter or through Fantrax HQ, and keep everybody updated on what they need to know about these injuries. We're going to try to take every advantage, as we, every advantage we can into our team building and our team management, and I want to thank everybody for listening in. And uh, we'll be talking again soon because inevitably there's going to be some more injuries out there. But most importantly, just enjoy the beginning of this baseball season. Let's not take it for granted. It feels amazing to have spring training starting in the next few days. And uh, everybody just enjoy the, the pop of the glove and the crack of the bat. It's going to be a fun season. So happy baseball, everybody, and we'll talk soon. With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. 
Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.